2: presented by AT&T connecting changes everything you know that
3: feeling when you walk into your home take a deep breath and feel new
0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. At the window.
1: I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. But go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and
4: yell. Welcome in to At The Window. It's a Thursday night. That means we have NFL football, Dallas Cowboys at the Chicago Bears. Right now, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. Don't you worry about that. But first, let's talk about how we made out last night alongside Drew Morton. He is in Las Vegas. I am Sean Guasamaki here in Midtown Manhattan. Drew, you were all over the under in the Ohio State-North Carolina game. You cashed that ticket. You went to the window with it. Good job by you. North Carolina, they can't score. This is one of the worst teams I've seen from Roy Williams since he went to North Carolina. Other than Cole Anthony, they have the no options. Good job by you picking the under in that game last night.
5: Ah, oh, thanks, Sean. You know, every now and again, uh, what uh, even a clock is uh, a, a clock without batteries is right twice. Uh, Stop being twice modest, a day, man. But, you, um,
4: you kill it with the college basketball. You know it.
5: Well, in, in the college basketball totals, I have had success the last, you know, three or four years here, and and mainly is because you know the way I, you go after going after these these totals, and and if you find an under with a point guard. You know, that's, that's going on there in UNC, like you talked about. You know, this is not a very good Tar Heels team out the gate. Um, Their scores are kind of limited a little bit. And sure enough, we're seeing totals around 140, which, you know, would be like in years past with UNC when they had a bunch of guys that could put the ball in the bucket, not so much this year. So it, it's just circle a team that you, you, you get as an under team or the opposite as an over team. And you can kind of ride them for four or five games where the market's a little kind of... L- I guess you could say slow to react to some of these totals moves, Sean. So yep. I don't know. That's where I've had success. That's where I would uh, tell people to look. But um, overall, man, you, you've been hot as well lately too. So uh, congrats to you on hit, on hitting a lot of your uh, best bets of, of recent. Yeah,
0: recently
4: uh, and uh, yesterday I, I said uh, about the Lakers on a back-to-back. If LeBron or Anthony Davis does not play in that game, then go with the Jazz. Well, both of them played and – it was a good bet if you had the Lakers because they just blew out the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. I watched a lot of that game on NBA TV and a couple of things that have made headlines later in the game. LeBron James celebrating on the court with his shoes. Matt Harpering, the Jazz announcer, didn't like it too much. Thought he was clowning around, you know, not showing respect to the Jazz. But we're not here to talk about that. And But uh, the Lakers, what a 19-3 here, uh, Drew. I am not betting against the Lakers going forward. Their defense is excellent. Anthony Davis makes such a big difference. As for Utah, 20 turnovers in the game. I know they didn't have Mike Conley. He hasn't played great this year anyway. He was he was uh, out due to injury, but I, they were just fumbling the ball around, and, and some of that you have to attribute to Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis playing good defense and, and LeBron James in the gang, but Boy, the Jazz looked awful last night. I mean, I I, I want to give credit to the Lakers and rightfully so, but I also want to give some blame to the Jazz. It was just terrible.
5: Yeah, and and you know that happens. And when we start talking about, you know, ways to make money off of the scenarios you're throwing out there, it, when it becomes tough for the odds makers to kind of put a price point on teams like the Lakers, you know, how good are they? Well, if yeah. they're playing defense, they're playing, you know, tough, hard-nosed basketball, and the effort is there. I mean, they're good. Can be very, very good, Sean. So if they're just laying short numbers, man, you could make some money betting the favorites in the NBA. And with the talent that they have, they might fit that profile, Sean. So I'm with you. It, it, the Lakers, a one way team. For me, it's bet on or pass. And heck, it might be a lot more bet on in the uh, in the near future.
4: The only um, issue I have with the Lakers going forward, they've had a soft schedule to begin the year. I mean, the Jazz are not a soft team, but. Other than the Jazz, I mean that's what people are pointing out for, uh, as that the people want to hate on their nineteen and three start, but it gets tough going forward here. Drew at Portland, not a tough game, but then Minnesota, Orlando, Miami, Atlanta. You know what? It does not get tough. It's very very weak. They play absolutely nobody. <laughs> I mean it, it's it's a, it's a joke, but it, it gets tougher later on in the year, um, in December. So later on in December, here it is, December seventeenth at Indiana, the nineteenth at Milwaukee. The 22nd home for Denver, home on Christmas Day to the Clippers. And so those uh, four games, they're really tough. So we'll see what, what um, the Lakers are made of when they play those four teams. But other than that, I mean, they have Miami coming up. But, yeah, I mean, the schedule's been very, very easy for the Lakers out of the gate. But you got to be impressed with how they're playing defense and, and putting together wins, 19-3, and back-to-back. Back, LeBron playing a lot as well, which I don't know going forward if that's a smart strategy. Because he's older, he's going to be 35 in December, uh, later this month. So we'll see how, if that pays off or actually hurts them come playoff time. But Drew, back to the UNC. Cole Anthony, you watched the game yesterday, of course. How good is he? I mean, I, he's highly touted, Greg Anthony's son. He's the the player that I mentioned that that is probably the most talented on that UNC team. However, he's shooting under 40%, struggling only 4 of 15 yesterday against a good Buckeyes defense, but he's a one-man show. Are you worried about Cole Anthony and his progression there this year with that UNC club with no one else around him trying to uh, shoulder the, the, the scoring load and not doing a good job shooting under 40%? Uh,
5: worry, absolutely. I mean, if I'm a UNC fan, I would be very worried. Just the, the way that the... the- roster is built and if he's not playing well they're not going to be very good at all sean and and you bring up the fact they don't have anybody around him. i mean other guys just need to step up you know when you talk about role players he's got to create for them but they got to knock down the shots as well and if he's not hitting his shots man it, this is a team that i don't know it's not really you know lockdown defense either so it's like what path do they have to win against good teams? And it starts getting real shaky and finding ways for them to win against the top-notch teams. So in terms of you know national championship caliber teams, they're gonna need to turn it around and turn it around sooner rather than later. So yes, if I'm a UNC fan, I, I would be very worried. I'm not looking to bet on them at any point in the near future here, Sean. Um, it- it's almost like he's gotta create for himself out there at the top. And when good defensive teams know that's the case coming into the game, Uh, that's one of the easier type of profile offenses to shut down in my opinion.
4: I mentioned that Drew and and great analysis there because FanDuel had a prop bet out who will be taken first overall in the 2020 NBA draft. It was Cole Anthony plus 125 James Weissman plus 125 those are the leaders right there I'm going to fade Cole Anthony. I I don't think he'll be the number one pick. Yeah right right Uh, Anthony Edwards don't know too much about him but LaMelo Ball plus 380 that might be the better um, that they are going forward. Back right after this at the window.
2: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Scentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
4: Back in here to At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network. Little TV channel 517, Stir, Zumo TV, anywhere you watch us. Thank you for tuning in. Check us out on Instagram at Sports Grid TV and also on YouTube, Sports Grid. Network TV Network. I'm Sean Guasamake in Midtown Manhattan, Drew Martin with me as always. He is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Drew, before we came on, Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide, the injured quarterback held a press conference. I thought it might be major news. He might announce he's going pro or announce he's staying for his for another year there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, he announced nothing. Basically said he has not made a decision yet. And that uh, the news that did come out, though, is if he hears back from the, you know, the scouts and and the higher ups there in the NFL that he is uh, projected to be a 10 to 15 pick overall, he said it would be tough to stay in Tuscaloosa and come back uh, and play next year for Alabama. So that's the news that's coming out of T-Town there. What do you make of it, Drew?
1: Um,
5: I mean, you know, seeing Tua just do a press conference in general, I I, I don't know what it was all about. Like you said, I, I didn't just get about a lot his injury
4: and what he. Yeah, he just wanted to meet the media just to address for the first time with the media his injury, his hip injury.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it it is what it is in terms of that goes. But I mean, and I I just feel like the right decision for him is to go. And I don't always feel that way. You know, some guys I, I think could do a lot better by sticking another year in college, you know, uh, improving on their craft, so to speak. But with Tua, I mean, he's leaving college football, breaking the single season accuracy records um, in terms of QBR records. He holds them. And guess whose records that he broke? His from last year. He doesn't really have much to prove in terms of college football being a great quarterback, man. He's going to leave as one of uh, arguably the, the greatest in terms of um, the stats go, Sean. So overall, I think he should go. He should take the money. And uh, if he stays, man, what's he going to prove? That he's healthy? I think there's a lot more risk to Absolutely. maybe proving that he's not as healthy. I agree. So I think risk-reward, it's very smart for him to go, Sean. He
4: should go. And, and you know, if he's still available... Late in the first round, teams are going to trade up, get into that first round, and draft them, teams that need a quarterback because they'll be great value. So if I'm advising to, I'd say go pro. You know, because if he comes back and, and injures that hip again, he's not going to be drafted on, in the first two, three rounds, right? People are going to stay away from him at that point, and maybe he'll quit football. You, you never know. It could, it could really be catastrophic, the injury, because he has a history of this now. Um, so he has to go pro. I think he's in a tough spot, but yeah, if I would advise him, I'd, I'd say go pro, and you're right. What else does he have to accomplish? Won a national championship, defeating Georgia that time in overtime, relieving um, Jalen Hurts there. Didn't have success last year against Clemson in the championship game. It uh, was injured with the ankle. So, yeah, go pro. And do you remember Willis McGahee? I'm sure you do, Drew. He was in the national oh, yeah. championship game against Ohio State. Blew out his knee. It was nasty injury. Decided to go pro regardless. And he was still drafted in the first round, 23 overall by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, missed, what, eight? I think he missed the first eight or ten games that year, his rookie year, but then played and became a starter, and he had a good career. Got had a really good, productive NFL career. was never the great running back but that people before the injury thought he might be, but who's to say he would have been that great player anyway, right? So you never know. So um, it's happened before. Right. He was a first-round pick. He was a running back, and that's more of a risk, too.
5: Yeah, the, the Willis McGahee. I guess it's a, a a pretty good comparison there. I mean, his injury was a lot more gruesome to watch. Oh my god! And uh, I, I mean, you're right. Willis McGahee came first round pick, had a solid NFL career, made a bunch of money. That's what it's all about. That's what the, the route I think Tua should make as well. And he plays the quarterback position, so it, it's a little bit less risk for the NFL teams. I think he's going to go pretty high in the NFL draft, a lot higher than people realize. I believe he'll be a top 10 pick, at least a first round pick, um, possibly even a top five or top pick overall, depending on how this offseason goes for him. You bring up Willis McGahee. One thing that, that comes to my mind, you know, him and Drew Rosenhouse, uh, the South Florida agent down there, they were on the phone together. I don't know if you remember that um, what, what the the ESPN was showing them and they were talking on the phone like they were talking to another team. They were actually talking to each other, <laughs> so, and then the Buffalo Bills picked them because of that. Yeah. It, they kind of tricked them into it. I thought that that Damn was those awesome. Bills. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had a solid career, though, man. He did, but the, the
4: Bills had Travis Henry at the time at, at the running back position, okay. very productive. And yeah, once, he was good. Yeah, once they drafted McGee, they kind of were like, all right – that's it. That's the end of Travis Henry, and he got into some trouble off the field. But um, you know, so maybe they they, Sean, they thought that was going to happen. Yeah.
5: To, to to circle it all around Willis McGahee, University of Miami running back. You know who is also there, man? Frank, Frank Gore, Gore. Yeah, your yeah, boy.
4: Yeah, I know my boy. Yeah, the the Hall of Famer who I think is a compiler. But hey, listen, I I, I don't dislike him, but I just think he's a compiler. That's all. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt, but he's just a compiler. He doesn't belong in the category with Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, and Emmitt Smith. Is that fair, Drew? I think that's fair.
5: It's fair. I mean, we got Willis McGahee who, in college, I mean, his highlight reel was something else. And then you had Frank Gorth, the running back position. That's a heck of a loaded running back position for college, not to mention, is, is that the one Miami squad where so? uh, you can make the argument the most talented college football team of all time? I believe, what, they had... Something like thirty-ish NFL draftees off of that, off of that first round draft picks, or something of that nature, off of that team. Something crazy, man. They they were awesome. It was stacked,
4: even better than Alabama of recent years, recent vintage.
5: In my opinion, more talented. Yeah,
4: USC. I try to think of like the all-time teams in college football in terms of success in the NFL, right? Not in terms of success at the collegiate level. Um, But, yeah, Miami has to be up to the Hurricanes. Was Shockey on that team? Probably. Kellen Winslow? 2001 team, right? Clinton Portis, Frank Gore, Willis McGahee, Ken Dorsey. That was was a stacked team. Was Santana Moss on that team? Sean Taylor on that team? I'm just throwing out names now. I, I, I can look it up, but, yeah, that was a stacked team, man.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'm going to pull up the exact stats yeah. just because I, I know that it's mind-boggling, and I don't want to throw out the wrong ones like I think I did. But uh, I'll, I'll pull them up, man. And, All right, and we'll I'm looking maybe at the roster, to, to the Drew, while
4: time. you get that. Yeah, I'm looking at the roster now. 2001, right? It was Dorsey, yeah. Portis, McGahey, Gore, Jared Payton, Andre
5: Johnson. This is a ridiculous team, man. <laughs> Andre Johnson was on yeah. that team? Yeah.
4: Shockey. We mentioned Shockey, yeah. And defensively, Jerome McDougal. He was Bryant McKinney. Um, William Joseph he had a cup of coffee he was all right uh, Vince Wolflick Ed Reed Jonathan Vilma oh my god oh my Ed god. Reed. this is a stacked team Philip Buchanan too wow
5: yeah uh, that's pretty crazy Andre Johnson I can't believe that one he was on that team man even their offensive line you're right they had a bunch of guys that had solid careers I mean Ken Dorsey was the quarterback he was kind of like the weak link almost <laughs> he
4: was I know I knew he was but he's a great great coach quarterback coach for the Buffalo Bills. He's going to get an OC position sooner or
5: later. He's
4: done a great job with Sean, Josh look,
5: Allen. Yep. Look at their tailbacks, man. Clinton Portis, Willis McGahey, and Frank Gore. Uh <laughs> Those were those were all in the same running back room.
4: You got a feel for Jared Payton, right? Walter Payton's son, because he's the fourth running back on that squad. How are you going to get any light with those guys in front of you? I mean, that's
5: ridiculous.
4: That's it's, it's Yeah, that's You know, it's better than the Auburn team, right? Auburn you had um Cadillac Williams, you had uh, Brown, Ronnie Brown, and Peyton Hillis, right? Was Peyton Hill? No, Peyton Hillis was Arkansas with Davenport and Felix Jones. That wasn't bad, right? Oh, yeah, not Darren, bad at all. Yeah, Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis were on the same squad for Arkansas. But the Auburn team was no, no, Heath Evans, Cadillac Williams, and uh, you remember, this, this, this is your guys, uh, and Ronnie Brown, right? They were all in the same back. Oh, goal. yeah.
5: Yeah, bad. those three were all all uh, NFL running backs in the same backfield. Two of them in the top five picks. All right, I got th- I got some stats up here on this O one Go Miami team, yep. Sean. You ready? Yep. An incredible seventy five percent of the NFL used a draft pick on a player from the O one Miami team. Think yeah. about that. That's so 75% of the NFL teams had a drafted player off of that 01 Miami team. That's 17 first-round picks off of that 01 Miami team. 17 first-round picks. There was backups off of that team that were later picked in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, A total of 38 players drafted into the NFL from that 01 Miami team. That's wow. pretty crazy, man.
4: Uh, that is pretty crazy. Calvin Winslow, I think, was on that team, too. It's crazy what happened to him after after that. Really crazy. Crazy stuff. Yeah. He's in jail now for, for a long time. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk. Really? <laughs> yeah. Mon- Monday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football when we return Cowboys at the Bears. That's next here and at the window.
2: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
4: Ah, this makes me think of college football. Wisconsin, fourth quarter, jump around, house of pain. Oh, they're going to be in some pain after they face the Buckeyes for the second time. Big 10 championship game this Saturday. And, Drew, why don't we start there? I mean, I think that's what Danny's trying to do here. He's trying to lead us into this discussion with college football. We'll we'll table the Thursday night football uh, for a little bit later on, and we'll we'll pick a side. We'll pick a side. We'll throw out some stats, give you some angles to to look for before betting tonight's game between the Cowboys and the Bears. All right, Drew, let's do it. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Wisconsin, 16-point dogs in this game and I'm looking at, at the rest of the... Let's go with the Power 5 conference games, right? Yeah, pick a dog for me. Which dog do you think has the best chance of upsetting the favorite? Oregon, 6.5-point dogs. Baylor, 8.5-point dogs. Let's go with uh, Georgia, 7-point dogs to LSU. And then, of course, Ohio State, 15.5-point favorite. So, Wisconsin, 15.5-point dogs. Which one of those teams has the best chance to win outright straight up?
5: Hmm, interesting question there, Sean. Um, one, one I, I feel like I got a comment on the jump around. I, I love it, Do Danny, it. with the intro there. It's something I, I definitely need to uh, experience bucket list style there in Camp Randall. I love Wisconsin fans. Yeah. I've chugged beers with them at the Citrus Bowl in 05 when they played <laughs> Auburn and smacked us around. Great people up there. But uh, back to the question, who has the best opportunity to upset as an underdog outright in the power five championship games i do think oregon's got a chance just because it's good on good and utah has been able to overpower their opponents with their good defensive line but oregon has one of the best offensive lines so i think that they can hold bay there give their chance a, a, a chance to upset but in terms of the best opportunity to upset i think it's the georgia bulldogs Really? Uh, I think that okay. they have the best defense in the country, and we saw what Auburn, their defense, was able to do with LSU, keep them out of the end zone, as good as as good as good we've seen this year in Baton Rouge. So now it's in the state of Georgia, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think that Georgia defense can keep them in the game. They have a puncher's chance to uh, punch their ticket into uh, the top four there, into the playoff. I don't know. Who do you feel has the best chance well, to uh, upset outright as an underdog?
4: I'll start with uh, – Stating first, the team that has, I think, the least, um, least likely to upset and, and move forward, that's Wisconsin. I, I, I don't see it, a way Wisconsin is go, uh, can beat this Ohio State football team. Not only are they top 10 in offense, they're top 10 in defense. Uh, this team seemingly has it all. Now, people look to their schedule, not, not the toughest in the country, but they have wins over Michigan. Whether you think that's a good win or not, I don't know, but I think it is the way Michigan was playing. Yeah. They totally dominated Michigan on the road. Penn State, closer game at home, 11-point win. They beat Wisconsin. That game was competitive, though, the first time around in the first half, and then it got away from them. So I think Ohio State's the juggernaut. You mentioned LSU, another juggernaut, but you know they're they're playing – uh, a, a better team in Georgia. So I think, as you point out, I think Georgia has a shot to upset them. Baylor, uh, second game this time, it's it, it's a neutral site. I don't know if they could duplicate what they did the first time around against Oklahoma, especially with what Oklahoma has to play for. They're more likely to go to the playoff if they win impressively than Baylor would if they were to beat Oklahoma. Both have one loss. I didn't mention Clemson and Virginia. I, I just don't... I guess Virginia... Would have to be in the mix too there, Drew. I, I failed to mention them. Just uh, you know, Clemson just escapes me. their their team, because they haven't played anybody this year, you know, they've just fallen through the the cracks. I think Dabble, they're not getting the respect because of that, because they haven't played a tough schedule. And it's like wake me up when, you know, when they be get to the college football playoff, right? With with Clemson. Because I mean they're beating everybody by, you know, twenty points. I mean, they're favored by 24 points in every game they played this year, uh, except for maybe a and I think the a and they weren't favored that by that much, but they uh, dominated was, AM. and uh, so,
5: Yeah, they um, were still favored by more than two touchdowns, upwards of 20 points, yeah. if I remember right. Maybe 17, anyway. I think it was 17. Um, it was 16 yeah. and a
4: half, I think. I, yeah.
5: But, I, um, I, and what you were saying about Virginia... I would, I guess you could throw them out there. It's just Virginia's coming off of their biggest win in, in what program, at least in the last decade, man, breaking that streak against Virginia Tech. Unfortunately, for my bankroll, um, <laughs> over the last 15 years, they haven't beat him, rushed the field. Now they're having to crawl back a week later, neutral site, quote unquote. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think Clemson really rolls here because mainly I, I think Virginia's a tough team. I like what Bronco Mendenhall's doing. But at the same time, they're more of like a plotting offense. They're, they're not really – they don't have a lot of playmakers on offense. Quarterback could make it happen with his feet, but I, I just don't see him overtaking the Clemson squad. So uh, yeah, I, I don't I really agree. think Virginia has has a chance, yeah, man. Nowhere near the spread chance. To,
4: Drew. I, uh, to answer your question, though, I think Oregon has the best shot. Uh, I think Georgia has a shot as well. I like, I like, I like Georgia as well I, against LSU. But um, – Oregon with Justin Herbert, they have a senior-laden offensive line. I don't like the way they play in late-game situations with Herbert, so that, that scares me a little bit. And Utah is definitely legit and with, with that defense, with, with uh, Zach Moss, who's probably going to play on Sundays, definitely will play on Sundays next year. I think Oregon has a chance because of Justin Herbert. If he plays his A game, it can make that a, a totally a, a different ballgame there in Santa Clara, but watch out for the weather. What is the weather going to be? Is it going to be a sloppy field? I know it's been raining out there. Joe Ranieri had a report yesterday on that where the field might be tough conditions there. That probably favors, though, Utah. So that's not good for Herbert. But I think Oregon has a chance here at winning this
5: game against the Utes. Yeah, Sean, and, and you bring up the fact of the weather, that's another aspect of this question. What underdog has the best chance to win outright? Well, when you look at Georgia LSU, controlled atmosphere, we're, we're, we're looking at uh, what Wisconsin, Ohio State, controlled atmosphere. Yep, what I mean apples. by that is it's in a dome, man. So like rain, wind, that stuff isn't going to affect the the, the gameplay. You bring up the fact Pac-12 championship looks like 20 mile an hour winds rain might be cold as well it's not that it necessarily helps oregon i i actually don't really think it really helps either i I do agree with you might help utah a little bit but what it does do is create volatility there's more chance for fumbles interceptions that sort of thing it's also going to be tough on the special teams kicking the ball and what happens with volatility is it gives a greater chance for that volatility to help the underdog or the favorite but if it helps the underdog guess what Now, all of a sudden, a seven-point underdog uh, is getting breaks, and they get two or three turnovers to their advantage, and uh uh-oh, the Ducks might upset the Utes.
4: Yeah, I want to see some chaos. I don't want it to be so predictable that on Sunday, when they make the announcement, the committee, and the bowl announcements, right, that we already know. We already know which four teams are going to Go to the playoff now. I don't think we're going to have that,
5: John. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. We, no, I, be, well, because even if chalk prevails here, yep, and it's Utah versus Oregon, there's still going to be the drama. I mean, look what the committee, look what everybody's doing now. You know, before it was Utah way ahead of everybody else. Now it's Oklahoma creeping up, and sure enough, Oklahoma, the bigger brand. Heck, no team in the in the last ten years has gotten more help. From, from the elites of college football, than Oklahoma. I mean, they've gotten the nod time and time again, and sure enough, they're creeping up on Utah, and I could see it happening. There's also an interesting kind of case study here, conspiracy theory of sorts. Oklahoma State is ranked number 25 in the country. Yeah. Look at who they've beaten, who they've lost to. Uh, no way Oklahoma State should be in the top 25, in my opinion, and what does that do? It gives another ranked victory for Oklahoma in their argument in the final rankings. I think that kind of stuff does matter. I know that um, we had Gary Danielson. I respect his opinion. He disagreed. But still, I think it does matter what the college football playoffs do- committee is doing up till the last week. And I think things like that are showing us they actually might skip Oklahoma over Utah. I don't agree with it, but it could happen.
4: Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying with Oklahoma being a four-loss team, Oklahoma State rather, and ranked number 25. But who else are you going to put in there, though?
5: I mean, over Oklahoma where, where, where's State. Where's Navy? Where's Air Force? Those, those types no, of teams. No, Navy's there. Navy's 24. Okay, in Air Force? I mean, I, I haven't like studied the rankings down past 20, but I do know that Oklahoma State being still in the top 25 was kind of eye-opening to me.
4: It was eye-opening, but when you... I know, but I, I, I just don't see uh, who else you would put there over Oklahoma State, you know, because, you know, I mean, there's not that many better... I, I, who else? I, I, the Navy's at 24, so they have them in there, and Air Force, is Air Force really a better football team than Oklahoma State, considering the competition each team has played? I, I don't know, but I do know what you're saying. There's inconsistency with this committee. 100% I agree with that, uh, just by the fact that, no Ohio State well, is one and LSU two with LSU having the more impressive resume, but you know, they're going by the eyeball test. And when you do that, it's subjective, right? And then you, these crazy scenarios can happen. And then, like you said, Oklahoma can get their way in over Utah, which would be a shame, but a Utah, how impressive is Utah? I, I know they're impressive, but I mean, looking at their schedule, the PAC 12 stinks this year, Drew.
5: You're right. It's not that great, but I don't know. I They're mean, more convincing in, just...
4: their, in their play than Oklahoma has been. I, I, yeah, that, that's true, right? I, I agree with that.
5: Sure, and, and also in another case study here is when you go back in the Pac-12, this is the best Pac-12 team since Marcus Mariota in the Oregon Ducks. I think uh, even this Utah team could give that team a run for their money, and then you're starting to look at the best Pac-12 team since back in the USC Trojans' heyday. So I think that this bodes well for the Pac-12, having this Utah team kind of waving the banner for the Pac-12 conference. But overall, like our guest uh, Jamie said yesterday, it's not about whose turn it is. It's about who uh, the college football committee here is going to uh, put in that number four slot. So it should be
4: interesting. Uh, We'll see what happens. It all starts tomorrow with the Pac-12 championship game. Drew? Drew? It's about time we get to the Thursday night football matchup. Cowboys-Bears. We'll break that down. Give you some picks as well. That's next here and At the Window on the Sports Grid TV Network.
1: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.
3: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like... ah
4: Here we are back on At The Window on the Sports Grid TV Network, Pluto TV Channel 517. Drew, let's talk Thursday night football. We've been teasing it all show long. Cowboys, Bears, both teams coming off of Thanksgiving Day games. So they have a full week to play this game, full week of preparation. So it's unlike typical Thursday night football games during the season where the teams play on Sunday, it's a short week. So that favors the home team. That should not be the case in this game as both teams played on Thanksgiving day. Right, Drew? So we got that out of the way. So right now, I'm looking at three points. That's the spread with the Cowboys favored uh, on the road at Soldier Field, 43 and a half the total. How do you handicap this game? Because right now, I don't have a side right now. I'm trying to convince myself which side I should take, right? So we have a bunch of stats we're going to throw out there. Both teams are 6 and 6, Drew. We have that. Right, um, the Bears impressive coming back from a ten point deficit, albeit against the lowly Lions on Thanksgiving Day. They won twenty four to twenty. Mitchell Trubisky three hundred and thirty eight passing yards. Played much better than he has been playing this season. As for the Cowboys, it's been talked about. Lost to the uh, Buffalo Bills twenty six to fifteen. That last touchdown was a garbage time touchdown. They were dominated after scoring. The uh, a touchdown on their opening possession. Dax throwing for a bunch of yards. Did not utilize Ezekiel Elliott against the Bills. Only 12 carries in that game. Went away from the run for some reason. But we know the struggles of the Dallas Cowboys. Just 6-6, six and six, but they are in first place in the NFC East. How do you handicap this one, Drew?
5: I like the analysis, Sean, in terms of, you know, just reminding the watchers out there that both of these two teams played on Thursday, full preparation time, because we do see Dallas minus three pretty much across the board right now. And anytime I see a a Thursday night game with the road team favored short week, man, it's almost a one way road for me. That would be on the home underdog. But uh, with a full week preparation time, not necessarily the case here. Both teams kind of banged up a little bit, Um, Soldier Field, what it it looks to be around the, the freezing point here, seeing 33 degrees. 10-mile-an-hour wins, not really conducive to offense. I'll tell you that much anyway. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, sidewise, I'm with you. I'm I'm really much on, on the fence here. I kind of lean towards the defensive-minded dog. But if you've been betting the Bears this year, what depending what number you've been buying them on, three wins, nine losses yep. against the number, that ain't something I like to really jump in bed with and get behind. So, oh, uh, heck, when we're talking about – Prime time games here, Sean, in the NFL. Uh, it's getting redundant, but it's true, man. It, it has trended towards the under for quite a long period of time now. Uh, I, I'm telling you, this is a game I haven't bet yet. But if you're looking for a play and, uh, heck, I might get there, the degenerate in me wants to bet the prime time games, I might bet the under here, Sean.
4: All right, so, so a stat to back that up and to to bet the under, the uh, under is 8-1 in the last nine Chicago Bear home games. So you have that stat going Ooh, in
0: your favor. I like it.
4: But then you I have like it. Yeah, right. And then I guess the Cowboys stat is this dogs are nine and four ATS on Thursday nights this season. So that's a good one. That's a good stat there. And as you mentioned, bears just three and nine ATS this year, six and six straight up. As I mentioned, Cowboys are seven and five ATS against the spread six and six straight up this year, as I mentioned as well. And, Cowboys 7 and 5 to the over this year. So uh, I don't know what you make of that Drew. They've been scoring points. They have a great offense the Cowboys passing it all over the all over the yard there. Um but the the Bears have a good defense, right? So what what's going to break? Like what's going to give here? Um 43 and a half, the total. We mentioned all the time the under the play in these primetime games. But the Cowboys need a win. How much do you put into that when you're betting here. As the Cowboys, they have a lot to play for. Their owner keeps talking, talking, talking about the future of Jason Garrett. Doesn't look good for Garrett. He's a dead man walking, as we all know. But this team has a lot to play for. They want to make sure that they win the NFC East, right? With with the Eagles at five and seven, they have one game lead, so they have a lot to play for. The Bears, do they have a lot to play for? They, they they trail the Vikings by two full games. They're not mathematically eliminated, but they have less to play for. So, but they they still in the playoff hunt at six and six, having won their last two games. I don't like this Bears team though. With Mitchell Trubisky, he's playing better, but do you have any faith in Mitchell Trubisky? I'd ride with D- Dak Prescott. Regardless of how they've been playing, the you know, the Cowboys, I think they get up for this one. That's what I'm leaning towards. But three points is an awful lot for me to lay on the road with, with the Bears and that defense. So that's why I'm kind of on the fence with this game there, Drew.
5: Yeah, I see where you're going with that in terms of the Cowboys kind of a little bit more motivated sitting at six and six, kind of have the advantage of being in the NFC East. And yeah, I'm calling it an advantage just because as of right now, in my opinion, it's the worst division in football. And that speaks to a good thing for the teams in the division, just because one of them is going to get to go to the playoffs. So it's the Cowboys or Eagles pretty much in the running for it. So they still have. Uh, games to play for Chicago, not mathematically eliminated, like where you went with that. I I guess they still are in it. And I'm sure that that locker room feels that they're still in it. They need better quarterback play. And I don't like betting on teams that I don't trust their quarterback. I mean, the NFL, it is what it is, man. It is a quarterback league. If you don't have a good quarterback, You're not going to go too far. And from a betting perspective, you're not going to cash all that many tickets. So uh, I'm with you. If you made me bet aside, I would be on the Cowboys with the full week preparation on a Thursday night. That is a a, a huge piece to have in your back pocket. So I do think you get the better quarterback. But you are on the road outside elements there. Soldier field. It's going to be cold. Man, I, I would point you more towards the under than laying the points with Dallas just because we talk about volatility and holding on to the football, weather elements out there for an indoor team. I don't always trust that. I don't like that profile so much. Sean. Yeah,
4: I, I don't like it Yeah, as well. That, that's a good point by you, Drew. And uh, the, the fact is, though, Mitchell Trubisky has struggled. He's played better, like I said, the last two games. Hip injury, is he 100%? Uh, who, who, who the hell knows? But he's going to play in this game. He looked very good. Uh, last Thursday on um, Thanksgiving against the Lions with 338 passing yards, as I mentioned. He goes against a, a poor pass defense with the Cowboys, though. Can he exploit that, though, by throwing the football? That's what I, I'm curious to see. Can they run the football with David Montgomery? Did well against the the Lions, but the Lions have a poor run defense. Let's see what they do against Dallas. Not exactly um, a great defense overall, but they're, they're solid and a better run defense than pass defense. So we'll see what, what they do tonight and what the game plan is but as far as player props we mentioned Trubisky his player prop for passing yards 236 and a half if you are a guessing man and you're a betting man we know that do you like this prop you're gonna pass on it or do you have a play here over under 236 and a half passing yards for Mitchell Trubisky
5: um I probably bet the under just because you know you speak to to the fact he hasn't looked good and he hasn't um not one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL by a long shot Dallas I guess trouble de- de- defending the pass at, at points this season, Sean, but still in the NFL, if a if a quarterback hasn't proven that they can throw the ball downfield, just because uh, a passing defense has been a little bit shaky in the past, I still would take the defense over the offense, especially outside. It's cold, windy in the forecast, so um, I would lean towards the under. I uh, haven't bet it as of now. How do you feel about it?
4: Yeah, I, I'd lean towards the under as well with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I, I think. In this game, though, the, the one prop that I do like, I, I, I'd go under 230. He's lean that way, but I, I'm going to pass on the plop, uh, prop. I do like Ezekiel Elliott's prop. Rushing yards, 84 and a half. I like the over. They'll feature him. Yeah. They, they didn't run him a lot against the Bills, and people were criticizing Kellen Moore, the OC, for the Cowboys and Jason Garrett and the whole coaching staff for that reason because the Buffalo Bills don't have a great run defense, and people thought going in they could exploit that. Now the game got away from the Cowboys in the second half and that's probably the big reason why they elected to pass more than run, but only 12 carries. He was successful, 71 yards, 5.9 a carry. Tonight, in order to win in those conditions, as you mentioned, freezing, you know, uh, outside, they're going to run Ezekiel Elliott. 84.5, I love that prop. I'd go over with the uh, rushing yards for Zeke um, tonight. All right, how about for David Montgomery? 59.5 rushing yards. This one, I'm going under. He had a great game for David Montgomery against the Lions, but I think this is a different defense he'll face tonight. I'll go under 59.5 for the, uh, David Montgomery, and what that means is I'm kind of going with the Cowboys here, right? If you're going to go under Mitchell Trubisky, 236, under David Montgomery, 59.5, that means they're not going to score many points, Drew. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win this game Cover the three points on the road, save their season. Although you know, like like you mentioned, that that division stinks, so it's not saving their season because they can finish seven and nine and make the playoffs. That's how bad that division is. Um, so um, they can they can afford to lose this game, basically, and still win the division. So, but I, I think um, they'll get it done tonight, even with those bad conditions with, around freezing. So uh, I like the Cowboys to cover the three points and win this game, Drew.
5: Yeah, you bring up the fact bring, go, going under five hundred and making the playoffs. It has happened in the past. And I, I believe, it, heck, it actually, r- r- probability might happen because the Eagles haven't looked good. And if the Cowboys just win one more game, that would put them at 7-9 and nine, uh, throughout the course of the season. And, and, yeah, they would punch their ticket into the playoffs and anything can happen. But in terms of betting this prop, plus I, I'll add on the fact that I, I, I don't know, man, Dallas, their defense, defensive tackle Antoine Woods out uh, safety banged up. Uh, we got linebacker uh, Vander. He's going to be out cornerback Anthony Brown. Uh, he's still out. So I, they're just banged up on the defensive side, talking about the Cowboys here. So it, it, it's something that's making me pump the brakes. I'm betting the props. Um, it, it would lean me Maybe a little bit more towards Mitchell Trubisky staying off of that under, possibly looking towards the over. But uh, I just don't see the the Bears having a lot of offensive success. So in that in that aspect, I'm with you, Sean.
4: What do you make of the prop? Mitchell Trubisky, nine and a half rushing yards over under. What do you make of that? I know he has a sore hip, but I mean, he was running some RPO on, on Thanksgiving night there. You know what I mean? I mean, the success for Trubisky and that offense, he needs to run the football to 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 be more of a complete quarterback there. He only ran for four yards on Thanksgiving Day. But he did do that RPO. What do you think? Under? Is that under all over it? With the sore hip, Mitchell Trubisky rushing yards, nine and a half.
5: Um, no, I'd probably lean towards the over just because I feel like, you know, they're sitting at six and six, not mathematically eliminated, but they need to pretty much win all their games to go to the playoffs and, or to have a chance at going to the playoffs. And he probably feels that if he wants to have a different outlook on himself and for next season, he's going to need to go on a run here to finish it. And that could open up using his legs. So in these last couple of games, I would look for him to kind of have more rushing attempts, not less.
4: How about Omari Cooper receiving yards? Another one. To, to look at 65 and a half, what do you think here? Well, do you like a play here over under for Amari Cooper?
5: Um, I, I usually stay away from wide receiver props on on how much they're going to be targeted just because you got to get into the mind of the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. Both of them have to kind of line up on that um, unless it's like an absolute next level talent. Not that you know, Cooper's a solid solid wide receiver, but unless it's like, you know, a Julio Jones type guy, I usually never really get involved in wide receiver props. Just too much to figure out. Too tricky for me. Why do you have a feel on that one?
4: 85 last week against the Buffalo Bills. I think he goes over 65 and a half. But I think the best prop, though, is Ezekiel Elliott plus rushing plus receiving yards, 110 and a half. I think he's going over that. He had, what, 60 60 plus against the Bills, 66 receiving yards against the Bills. I think Zeke goes over that tonight, has a big night.
5: Yeah, and, and, and you talk, you know, kind of the same element of talking about Trubinsky and running more. You know, you're going to put the, the ball in the best player's hands. And Ezekiel Elliott having that ability for the Cowboys, I would look for them to get the ball in his hands and kind of ride him here, uh, the 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 back, uh, what, quarter of the season to try to make a push at the playoffs. So, yeah, I would bet over with him as well. All right, Drew, that'll do it for At the Window on
1: this
4: Thursday. Good luck tonight with your bets, man. Hey, best of luck. No, No final episode here? What's the that? Final segment? No, final segment. Was Gabe Morenzi's taking over. It's game time decisions coming up here at 5 p.m. Eastern Time with Cam Stewart.
2: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com acom forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. Also available in Grapefruit and Lavender Scents at a nearby retail store.
5: I broke the window again. Here's what you
0: missed on At the Window.
4: Drew, you were all over the under in the Ohio State-North Carolina game. You cashed that ticket. You went to the window with it. Good job by you. North Carolina, they can't score. This is one of the worst teams I've seen from Roy Williams since he went to North Carolina. Other than Cole Anthony, they have no the options. Good job by you picking the under in that game last night.
5: Oh, thanks, Sean. You know, every now and again, uh, what uh, even a clock is uh, a, a clock without batteries is right twice. Uh, Stop being twice modest, day, man. But, um, you, you kill it with the college basketball. You know it. Well, in, in the college basketball totals, I have had success the last, you know, three or four years here. And, and mainly is because, you know, the way I, I broke the window again. Here's what you missed on At the Window.
4: Drew, you were all over the under in the Ohio State-North Carolina game. You cashed that ticket. You went to the window with it. Good job by you. North Carolina, they can't score. This is one of the worst teams I've seen from Roy Williams since he went to North Carolina. Other than Cole Anthony, they have no options. Good job by you picking the under in that game last night.
5: Ah, oh, thanks, Sean. You know, every now and again, uh, what uh, even a clock is uh, a, a clock without batteries is right twice. Uh, Stop being twice modest, day, man. But, um, you,
4: you kill it with the college basketball. You know
5: it. Well, in, in the college basketball totals, I have had success the last, you know, three or four years here. And and mainly is because, you know, the way I, you go after going after these these totals and, and if you find an under with a point guard, you know, that's, that's going on there in UNC, like you talked about. You know, this is not a very good Tar Heels team out the gate. Um, Their scores are kind of limited a little bit. And sure enough, we're seeing totals around 140, which, you know, would be like in years past with UNC when they had a bunch of guys that could put the ball in the bucket, not so much this year. So it, it's just circle a team that you, you you get as an under team or the opposite as an over team. And you can kind of ride them for four or five games where the market's a little kind of l- I guess you could say slow to react as some of these totals move, Sean. So, I don't know. That's where I've had success. That's where I would uh, tell people to look. But um, overall, man, you've been hot as well lately too. So, uh, congrats to you on on hitting a lot of your uh, best bets of of recent.
4: Yeah, recently uh, and uh, yesterday I I said uh, about the Lakers on a back-to-back. If LeBron or Anthony Davis does not play in that game, then go with the Jazz. Well, both of them played and it was a good bet if you had the Lakers because they just blew out the Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City. I watched a lot of that game on NBA TV and a couple of things that have made headlines later in the game. LeBron James celebrating on the court with his shoes. Matt Harpering, the Jazz announcer, didn't like it too much. Thought he was clowning around, you know, not showing respect to the Jazz. But we're not here to talk about that. And But uh, the Lakers, what a 19-3 here, uh, Drew. I am not betting against the Lakers going forward. Their defense is Excellent. Anthony Davis makes such a big difference. As for Utah, 20 turnovers in the game. I know they didn't have Mike Conley. He hasn't played great this year anyway. He was he was uh, out due to injury. But I, they were just fumbling the ball around. And, and some of that you have to attribute to Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis playing good defense and, and LeBron James in the gang. But, boy, the Jazz looked awful last night. I mean, I, I, I want to give credit to the Lakers, and, and rightfully so, but I also want to give some blame to the Jazz. It was just terrible.
5: Yeah, and, and you know that happens. And when we start talking about, you know, ways to make money off of the scenarios you're throwing out there, it, when it becomes tough for the odds makers to kind of put a price point on teams like the Lakers, you know how good are they?